right, guys, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to turn to John chapter 10. If you're using a pew Bible, that's page 567. John chapter 10. And we're going to continue in this section of the scripture where Jesus describes himself with one of many great I am statements. He's going to tell us today that he is, I am the great shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. Now if you remember last week we talked a little bit about this section comes out of the end of chapter 9 where he's been addressing not just healing a man who was born blind from birth and the fact that the Pharisees could not bring themselves to believe that Jesus is the Messiah and because they thought they knew everything and, and so at the end of chapter 9 when he says that uh, he is uh, there to give sight to the blind, but to those who think they see, they will be blinded. The Pharisees react by saying, what, are we blind? And the, and the implication is, yes, you are blind. So he gets into chapter 7 with an analogy that the Jews would understand from the Old Testament. From the Old Testament, the leaders from the prophets are described often as shepherds, the shepherds of Israel. And Specifically, one of the main major prophets would say that there were false shepherds, wrong shepherds, but there would be a true shepherd that would be the Messiah. Here comes Jesus, he's coming along, and he's talking about anybody else who's come before me is a liar and a thief. He's going to talk to, about them today as being hirelings. They're only in it for themselves. But he is the true leader, and, and that's what I'm hoping that we will stress today as we look at this, when you think about your life, the true leader in your life should be and only should be, are you ready for this, Jesus. Jesus. Now, why do I want to stress that? Well, I think you're like me. I, I sometimes will interact with people and you find out that they once called themselves a Christian. Or they maybe do call themselves a Christian. And when you talk to them about, well, where do you go to church? Well, I don't go anywhere. So then you try to find out why they don't go anywhere. I, I'm, I'm telling you that most of the time, most of the time when I have talked with those kind of people, it is a majority of the time has to do with the fact that they were hurt. And then you find out by who? By a leader. Now, as I'm saying that, you're probably saying, yeah, I, I know somebody. They won't come to church because they got hurt by a pastor. And, and you're like, could they not get over it? I mean, it's been 20 years. That guy's dead now. No, it's real. The hurt was real. And that hurt destroyed their faith. And they found it easier just to decide not to Come back among God's people in church. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Have you, have you experienced that? Have you seen that? Yeah, I have. 
the, the reality of pain that is caused there. And, 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 and we can easily say, well, that's because they were looking at a man. They should have been looking at who? Jesus. Yeah, I understand that. That's the correct answer. But we still look to, at least in our culture, our leaders. And when our leaders fail us, they hurt us. And we get disappointed. And a lot of times that disappointment results in them leaving. This is no different than what was happening in Jesus' day. The leaders at that time were the Jewish leaders. They were really in it for themselves. They weren't in it for the nation. They weren't in it for the people as a whole, the people of God bringing them in. In fact, what they did was they divided the nation into those who were, quote, spiritual, and then there was everyone else who they referred to, are you ready, as this, sinners. The outcasts. The in crowd, the spiritual, they know, they understand, they keep the law. But the sinners, well, they're ignorant. Who are they? We kind of saw that attitude when we went through chapter 9, right? They're interviewing the guy who was born blind. How were you born? Why do I need to keep telling you this? He healed me. Say he had a demon. How do I know? Who, does, has this ever happened since the beginning that a person was made to see? And you go through the Old Testament and write. It's never happened, although there's a promise that one day one would come and be able to do that, and he would be who? The Messiah. And they think they know everything. But they're only in it for themselves. So Jesus comes along, and he uses this opportunity to convey a huge truth to you and I. A truth that we need to know, that I need to know, that you need to know about who we look to. So let's look at this passage. We're going to look at verses 11 through 18. It'll be up on the screen for you if you want to look there. Or you can look in your own Bibles. Here's what Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling, he who does not who is not the shepherd, the one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling. He does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Because he is a hireling, excuse me, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I'm known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Therefore my Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. 
I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to take it up. This command I have received from my Father. All right, now here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going we're to talk about total commitment here. The key thing when we talk about the leaders in our lives and who we should be keeping our eyes on, it's going to be about what is their level of commitment to you. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? What is their level of commitment? So Jesus is going to come along and he's going to contrast himself, the great shepherd, with hirelings. Now, most of the commentators don't specifically address any group as hirelings, but it's any other kind of leader that you know. Could be the religious leaders of that day, could be a false teacher, could even be a pastor, whatever. But it's any other leader, they're hirelings, and he's going to talk about what they're in it for compared to, the, to him, and he's going to show the level of commitment between the two. And he's going to talk more about his commitment to you and I and why we need to keep our eyes on him versus someone else. Do, do you understand? So what we're going to do is we're going to take this and we're going to talk about true leadership, verses 11 through 13, and then 14 to 18, he's going to talk about giving it all. His giving it all. And what do we mean by that? His giving his life for us. His giving his life for us. So let's talk about true leadership, okay? First thing I want you to notice is this. Jesus proclaims that he will give everything for his sheep. He will give everything for his sheep. Look at what he says there, verse 11. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Gives his life. What does that mean? Gives his life. Well, literally, he would give up his life. He would die for his sheep. That's giving everything, right? Now, let me just stop for a moment because sometimes you and I need to grasp this obvious point. So here you are. You're living your life you're facing whatever it is that you're facing. And it's easy, because I know I've been there, to think that as you face what you're facing, that maybe God's holding out on you. That's a lie. Because he doesn't. He's the great shepherd. You're his sheep. He gives his all for you. Well, yes, George, he gave his all for me on the cross. Yes, he did. He gave his all for you on the cross. But he gives his all for you continually in every way. The gr great shepherd takes care of his sheep. He protects them. He provides for them. He leads them. You want to know what it's like? Just, hey, that famous psalm. We only repeat it at, at funerals these days. Psalm 23rd. Psalm, the 23rd Psalm. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This is the great shepherd. He's not holding out on you. He will give everything for his sheep. Now, let me just stop for a moment. He's not going to fill your bank accounts to overflowing. Make sure you're riding the best ride these days 
that your life is problem-free. That, that's not the way it is. I mean, do you think he goes and makes sure that every step of his sheep is on good, soft ground? No, they still walk through thorny patches and on rocks and stuff. But he guides them through those difficult times, right? But he's there. He gives his all. He cares for his sheep. Listen, folks, he cares for you. Now, that's true leadership. Jesus cares for you. Now, here's the contrast. The hireling. The hireling. What do we see about the hireling? Well, their sole purpose is to benefit themselves at the expense of others. The hireling. The hireling's not personally invested in the flock. What's the hireling there for? He needed a job. And that's the job he got, taking care of sheep. Why is he there? For the sheep? No. For payday. Do you understand what I'm saying? He's there for his own purpose. Now, is he going to guide the sheep to greener pastures? Only if it's easy to get there. but he's not going to be going through difficult times for them. Why? Because he's in it for himself. This is the reality. Their, their sole purpose is to benefit themselves at the expense of others. The sheep are there for what? Him to get a paycheck. That's the reality. That's true leaders. True leaders are the shepherd who cakes and gives everything. A hireling? Who's he in for? Himself. That's not a true leader, is it? What else does he say here? His people do not recognize the vo voice of false leaders, and he, they flee from him. Look at what it says there. The hire, excuse me, that's a, that's, yeah. So the hireling flees because of. The, I didn't give you the right point. That's last week's point. All right, let me tell you. Let's read it together. Here it is, and I'll tell you what it is. But the hireling, who is not the shepherd, verse 12, the one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he's a hireling. And he does not care about the sheep. Now, this is the point I was going to make here. The point is, he's only in it for himself because he doesn't truly care for the sheep. They're a means to his end. All right, so let's talk for a moment today. We live in a world today of churches and Christendom and leaders and so forth. Aren't you, aren't you tired like I am of not a week goes by that you hear some report of some leader who it wasn't about God or even God's people. It was about who? Themselves, right? And they were using God's people to what? For themselves. For whatever that might be. And when they're exposed, it's never a shock to me. When they're exposed, 
This obviously happens. I have witnessed it happen where, where a church of 500, when the exposure happens and the dust settles, by the end of the thing, they've gone from 500 down to less than 100 people in attendance. Why? Because the people were devastated. They were felt used. And you go back to those areas and you meet those people and you talk to them and a lot of times you say to them, are you going anywhere? Some of them go off in other churches but they carry the scars of the disappointment and they don't trust anymore. But a lot of times they quit going because are you sure it was for real? Because that guy wasn't real. And he was only doing it for himself. He said it was for us but it wasn't. It was for him. This is the point Jesus is making. This is the difference between the great shepherd, Jesus, and a hireling. The great shepherd gives his all for you, for us. A hireling is a human who what? Is only doing it for himself. I apologize for messing up that point, folks. I don't know where my brain was Friday. I think the rest of the message will be okay. So let's talk about verses 14 to 18. Let's talk about Jesus. Why, why should our allegiance be with the great shepherd? And this is what I want to tell people who, who say to me, I, I don't know that I can trust God anymore because I looked to this guy and this guy failed me, this guy did did this, and I don't know that I can trust anymore. I, I want to I say to them, look, look, quit, quit looking at the human being. Yes, he did wrong, but that's not the great shepherd. That's not the true leader you should keep your eyes on. Who you should keep your eyes on is Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the one who gave it all and continues to give his all for you. Because he's the great shepherd. And so that's what we're going to look at here. Five points I want to make to you about his giving his all. And they'll blow your mind if you consider them. Okay, here it is. Here's the first one. Look at me at verse 14 and 15. I'm the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. All right, stop. If you want to, if you've got your own Bible, if you want to write, I know my sheep. Underline that. Put an asterisk by it. I know my sheep. He knows you, Okay. I know my sheep and am known by my own. His own sheep know him. All right, here we go. As the Father knows me, and even so I know the Father, I lay down my life for the sheep. All right, so what's being described here? He's talking about as the great leader who gives his all, the true shepherd. He's talking about the intimacy between the shepherd and the sheep. Now, what kind of intimacy is it? He's going to liken the intimacy that he has with you and I as his children to the intimacy that he has with God the Father. Now, would you agree with me, whether it's a theological point or whether you believe that, that Jesus and God the Father are close? That they have an intimate relationship with one another? Remember when, when God speaks in the New Testament, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased? Jesus, when he prays, when we have the prayers, Father, 
John 17, that great high priest. I wish that they would, when I was with you, that they would have that kind of relationship with you. We, 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 we know there's that intimacy. Now, they're close. Now, here's what he says. The relationship that he has with his sheep is just like that relationship. So here's the point. He shares an intimate relationship with his sheep as he does with the Father. You're not less than. I think we understand that. I, you know, I, love, I love this area. Okay, so my wife is from the next county over. It's true there. It's true here in this part of PA. We're, we're very clan-oriented around here, okay? So, and, and I am amazed at all of the reunions that happen, right? You got this clan that gets together, you got to go to that reunion. You got this clan that gets together, you got to go to the... And, and everybody makes their rounds to all the reunions that they are related to somebody with, right? You know what I'm talking about. You go to those. And you either love them or hate them, right? You either love going to a reunion... Or you hate them. Oh, I've got to go, and it would be great to see someone. But I don't want to see Aunt so-and-so again. And, and, you know, and we either love them or hate them. Now, do you remember sometimes, though, and maybe it's true in your life, but then there's somebody who maybe embarrassed the family in some way. And even though they're invited, they really aren't invited. We hope, I hope so-and-so doesn't show up. But they know that, right? Now, where am I going with this? I think a lot of Christians are like that. They, they're the ones who are invited to the reunion, but people don't want them to be there. Why do they act that way? Because they think God at, looks at them that way. That they're less than. Jesus is saying, look, I know my sheep. I know my sheep. He knows each of us individually knows his sheep. He knows your quirks. He knows your idiosyncrasies. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your attitudes. He knows everything about you. He knows his sheep. And you know him. Yeah, you do know him because you love him. You wish that something would be better in your relationship with him, but you keep thinking in terms of whatever the mess up was, whatever the crazy thing that you did that you shouldn't have done, whatever the regret is, you think of that, and you think somehow that changes your relationship with God. I'm telling you it doesn't because Jesus is telling us here, I know my sheep, my sheep know me, just as I know my Father. I have the same intimacy, Jesus is saying, with my sheep as I do with my father. It's a perfect intimacy. And you know what the wonderful thing about it is? It isn't based on you. It's based on who, folks? Jesus, and we're going to see that as we get further into this passage, Jesus and his giving his all for us. You have that kind of relationship with him. That's a true leader, right? 
Everyone else is a hireling. That's where your eyes need to be, on Jesus. Let's go on. Here's what he says. He will lay down his life for the sheep. He has said this many times. He will give himself for the sheep. And he did, didn't he? He's going to make the point here in this passage that he is the one who gave his life. No one took it from him. He gave his life for you. Why? Love. Because you couldn't take care of it yourself. <clears throat> I want you to think with me for a moment. I want you to think with me and just bear with me, because I know this isn't going to be a nice exercise, but I want you to bear with me. I want you to think about your biggest regret, your biggest mess up, the biggest thing that brings you shame, the biggest thing that you wish, and we do do this, we wish we could go back and change it and make a different decision. Don't we do that? I want you to think for a moment of that, and I want you to think of the reality He changed that. What you couldn't change, he changed. What you couldn't remove the guilt from, he removed the guilt. What you couldn't deal with is the shame, he took the shame. And he forgave. Why? Because he gave his all for you. He gave his all for me. That's the great shepherd, right? That's the great shepherd. That's what is so awesome about the great shepherd. A hireling? Would they do that? <laughs> you already know the answer to that one. Because they're only in it for who? Themselves. But Jesus, the great shepherd, is in it for who? His sheep. And who are his sheep? You and I, folks. You and I. Let's go on. Here's what I'm saying. Now look at verse 16. This is the promise for you and I. Jesus will bring other sheep into his fold. Here's what he says in verse 16. Let me help you to understand what he's saying because it seems kind of odd. What's he saying here? Here's what he's saying. Other sheep I have which are not of this fold. What other sheep? Well, remember who he's primarily talking to. He's talking to Jews. He's talking to Jews from Israel. And so they only think in terms of Israel. And Jesus is saying, I have other sheep from another fold. Who's that, folks? Gentiles. Who is that? You and I. And here he is, even before the cross, saying, I have other sheep that I must bring in. If you think about the way that they would view themselves, then the Jews would view themselves as the white sheep. Jesus says, I have other sheep. They're the black ones. 
but I'm going to bring them in. And he did, didn't he? Do you realize that before Jesus, you had no basis for any kind of relationship with God whatsoever? No basis. No promises to you. Nothing. Because you weren't the chosen. Who were the chosen? Israel. You and I weren't. But because of Jesus, he promised what? That we would share in their inheritance. We would share in their promises. He reaches out with the gospel for us. And now we are the other sheep who are brought into one fold, one group. And this is what I'm saying. All of the sheep will become one fold and have one great shepherd. Isn't that awesome? All right, listen. I want you to think about grace for a moment. As you think about grace for a moment, think about how you came to Jesus. Now, everybody here has a different story. That was grace, wasn't it? That whatever method he used, he in the midst of wherever you were at that time, whether you were a child and it was your grandmother or mother sharing with you, or whether you were listening to somebody on the radio or on the TV, or whether it was a pastor who was preaching or somebody you were working with. For me, it was a fellow engineering student at the University of South Carolina. God in his grace reached out to you. And said, come join me in my fold. I want you to be a part. Is that not awesome? He took you from where you were and brought you in. That's awesome. So that brings us to the final thing I want you to see here. Look with me at verse 17 through 18. This is where it gets down to the nitty-gritty. This is where, okay, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? Well, look at what verse 17 and 18. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay, down, lay it down my, of myself. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up. This command I have received from my Father. All right, so here's what he's saying. He's saying, my dad loves me. God the Father loves me. I have the power to give my life. And he did. He went and gave his life. And I have the power to take it up. What does that mean? I have the power to raise myself up. That's the resurrection. And my father loves me because I'm doing this. And then he says an amazing thing here. This command I have received from my father. You know why he went to the cross? Not just because of love, but because the Father told him to go to the cross for you. Why? Because the Father loves you. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten Son. So here's my point. Here's what I want you to see. The Father commanded Jesus to lay down his life and take it back up. Why? For you! That's giving everything, isn't it? For you. 
Okay, where do we go with this? All right. Let's think of you. I'm going to think of me. I'm going to think of you. We have to keep our eyes on a person to get through life. A person is the one who gives us strength. A person is the one who gives us guidance. Now, what I'm going to tell you is you have to be wise in who you choose to look to. Because there's only one true leader, and that's Jesus. God. Everybody else, including myself, are a hireling. And we have clay feet. And you know that. I mean, I've been here almost 21 years now, officially 21 years. Some of you have put up with some weird stuff from me, okay? And you're like, yeah, that's George. You just kind of have to overlook that. Yeah, I know. How do I know that? Because I've had to do it with you. Oh, that's them. You just kind of have to deal with them too. You, do you understand what I'm saying? Why? Because we're human. We make mistakes, right? The problem comes is when we're no longer looking at Jesus and we're looking at a man or a woman who will what? Fail you. Disappoint you. Hurt you. And then the tendency is to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, I'm done with church. I'm out of here. And it had nothing to do with Jesus. It's because we had our eyes on the wrong person. Now, here's what I want you to do. This is where I need to be. This is where you need to be. Because I've been disappointed. I've been hurt by leaders in the past. It has been devastating to me. Listen to me. What we need to do is turn our eyes to the one who loved us so much, who knows us so intimately, who knows what we need, who gives everything for us. In fact, he gave his life so that you would be set free from the slave markets of sin and regret and shame and who is there for you and knows you with the same kind of love that he has for the Father, he has for you. You need to have your eyes on Jesus. Because everybody else is a hireling. And Jesus loves his sheep. He loves you. He's the great shepherd. May each of us be guided by the great shepherd in our lives. Let me pray for you.